Welcome to week number 175 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That's over there is Travis. Hello there, Steve. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good, you know, things, stuff. Good to go. Um, Everyone, thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking about the episodes of TGIF that aired 30 years ago this week. But lots of stuff to get into before that. First, thanks to Colden Martin for the theme song. We love that one. One of my favorites. Thank you, Colden. And uh, if you want to make your theme song, it's probably not going to be as good as Colden's, but you can still send it in. TGIFcast at gmail.com. You can do anything you want. I don't care what it is. Send it in. We'll play it on the show. We don't care. And then uh, also make sure you're following us on all social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at TGIFcast. That's how you get to us that way. That's where we are. That's where you we're can at. find us there. All the stuff. Um, I guess early con announcements. We know we're going to be at a uh, Galaxy Con. That's been confirmed. Um, our confirmed. A- our application is in for Awesome Con. Um, I'm assuming we'll be doing that again. And then uh, we're, so. we're looking at some other stuff too. Uh, maybe like up north. Maybe down south. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely those two. Well, definitely the one. Hopefully the Awesome Con in DC, and then yeah, we'll see what else happens. Um, let's see. We also like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago this week. Now, these are episodes that would have aired when, Travis? These would have aired Friday, January 22nd, 1993. Just pulled one story this week. Um, January the 20th. Let me confirm that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Clinton was inaugurated as the 42nd U.S. president. That's news. That's noteworthy. And uh, Maya Angelou was uh, one of the speakers. Like, she did the little poem, like a lot of times they do at the uh, inauguration. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was pretty cool. And then uh, he went on to do stuff. And we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the next uh, few years of TGIF. Next eight years of, of Bill Clinton. Yeah. Um, let's see. What about movies and music? What was number one this week? I have well, I'm a little excited, a little change. So, okay. um, no change on the song. I will always love you. Whitney Houston will be forever. Um, do you ever try to like hit, hit that high note when we like turn off the recorder and just see if you can do it? No, no, uh, you? just me. Just you? Just me. That's right. I mean, that's I I, I can't do it. But wait, you know, what are you gonna do? Um, so we do have a little bit of a change in the movie. So in its seventh week, Aladdin is back at number one. You said seventh? Seventh. So it, it hit number one the first time in its fifth week. Then lost a week. And then a few came back. Lost it to a few good men. Which, which was, was already on there. Week. Wow, weird. Yeah, which was in its fifth week. And now Aladdin is back. At its seven. We're getting we're in that award season. I wonder if that's why people are like, oh, let's go watch Aladdin. It's nominated for animated film of the year. Let's go watch A Few Good Men. It's nominated for movie of the year. I bet you that has something to do with it. Maybe or it might. I don't know if Aladdin was nominated for anything. I, I I'm wondering if maybe it was just like there weren't. I feel like kids movies tend, especially back then, those Disney movies tended to have a lot of some longevity to them. Yeah, because that, that's I mean that's when Disney was at. I mean that's when they were firing on all, all cylinders like they were every movie they came out with was huge if they had a category um, of best animated film back then i don't know if they did or not i, I guarantee you it was nominated because what else would have been nominated well i mean i'm talking like the big like i mean because beauty and the beast was nominated for best picture so you know it's not it's not 
it's not unheard of that a, a Disney movie would be nominated for one of the big awards. That's more what I was thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking though, if uh, even if it was just nominated for best animated film, people are going to go. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many people look at that. I mean, I I don't necessarily all the time. I mean, we can see real quick what it was nominated for: best original score, best original song, best sound, best sound effects. So, uh, the Academy really- Award. Here's my answer to my question: the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature was awarded first in 2002, so it was not an award back then. Nope. Well, after. All right. Fair enough. Oh. Um, yeah, Aladdin. No birthdays. That's it. All right. We're gonna have Aladdin for a little while, or are you gonna make me uh, sweat it out and figure it out next week? It's Aladdin for for a few weeks, and then right. it, and then it switches up. Then we start to kind of get into the role of 1993. Song changes, movies change. A little bit, a little bit then of variety. back to a few good men. Twelve weeks from now, <laughs> and it's thirtieth week. Oh, yeah, no, that'll be in like ninety, what ninety seven, ninety eight when Titanic comes out. And we don't have a new movie to talk about for oh, an entire geez. year. Fun. Is They're about to do the 25th anniversary. They're re-releasing it in the theater for the 25th anniversary of, uh, so I guess 98. I've never, of, I've never uh, seen it. Titanic. It's worth. I mean, it's it's worthwhile. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I was very yeah. anti seeing it back in 98 for a very long time, and my sister saw it like literally every weekend. I think she saw it no about she's, 20 times. She's one the of theater. those. She is. Uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. She was a big Leo fan as a, as a kid. So. But it's a good movie. Like I don't, you know, it's easy to it's easy to talk down about Titanic, but it's a perfectly it's a very. I good don't movie. know if I've ever been to the movie theater to see the same movie twice. I think I maybe saw The Matrix twice in the theater and Romeo and Juliet. So not many more than for once you. in the theater. I can't think of any. I mean, none that I haven't gone to see, like you know, a tenth anniversary re-release or something. I don't even know how many of those I've seen that have been. Like second yeah. time, I, you know, if if it's happened to me, it's been like I went and saw it, and then someone else really wanted to see it, so I went with them like the second time, kind of thing. I might have seen Link. I probably saw Lincoln a couple times in theater because people wanted to see it with me. Mm-hmm. You're a big star, but I wasn't a big star. It was just a movie in Richmond. Um, Anyways, movies, yeah. Uh, that's Ready it. to talk to you, Jay? Yeah, I guess. Uh, not a full week this week. We've got three new episodes. Uh, Dinosaurs yes. was in reruns this week. So we've got new Family Matters. We've got new Step by Step. We've got new Camp Wilder. And we're going to start it off with new, the New to me, at least. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've watched these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Family Matters in the 8 o'clock, season 4, <laughs> episode something. Uh the way the ball bounces. I, I don't even count these numbers anymore because I don't even know. It. I'm so confused with the numbering system. It is episode 13. Episode 13. Um, it's the 13th episode that has aired this season, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You got your theme song. You're coming back. Is this after the theme song? Why did I write theme song there? No. It's, I don't know why. It's no. not after the theme song. Though. Anyways, uh, we see Carl um, showing Richie how to make a sub, which like uh, last week, out of order, he was doing uh, as well. Yeah. And this is going to be a thing, I think. Like, Because yeah. this, this is also not the first time, and last week wasn't the first time, that the opening has included him making a big giant hoagie sandwich. So this time, uh, Urkel comes in, though, and uh, he's got his latest invention, which he also had last time, right? He did. This time, though, it is a AM-FM uh, Urkel brush. It's a toothbrush. You put it in your mouth. It plays music. Uh, Carl thinks it's pretty dumb, um, but uh, ends up uh, trying it out. Steve wants him to try it out. 
and uh, he really likes it. It starts playing some reggae music. Uh, yeah, every, everyone's, everyone's dancing. dancing. Yeah, and then uh, some rock music, and Richie does a pretty poor uh, air guitar, and then uh, I think it's <laughs> like polka. some German polka music or something. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Uh, Carl... Uh, likes it, he's fine with it until the toothbrush electrocutes him. Um, Steve has to pull, try to pull it out of his mouth, unable to do it, but Richie, smart little Richie over there, grabs a pair of plastic tongs, uh, pulls them off, and uh, then we get a I do that from uh, Urkel. I was impressed with Richie's knowledge of, you know, plastic tongs, a, a yeah. non-conductive material. Yeah. But also, like, I kind of think this is one of the Urkel inventions that at the time just seemed ridiculous. But nowadays, not, I mean, it wouldn't be a radio. It would be like Bluetooth speaker. But or nowadays, like a, it's just totally... a, a song built into it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They this exist already. 100% a real, a real thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, was an electric toothbrush though. I don't. I think just the music, right? I don't think it like vibrated the brush. He was. But it had an electricity. To, it had to have electricity to play the music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but you know what I'm saying. No rotating yeah, yeah, brush yeah. heads on this one. Uh, later. Oh no, no. This is after the theme song, probably. Um, Eddie and Laura get home uh, to their mom and dad, and they are. Um, they've got some exciting news. First, we find out that Laura signed up for the PSATs. She wants to get a scholarship from Harvard, and she is going to do everything she can to study. That's her news. Eddie's news. Big news. Um, he's getting recruited to uh, IOU, the local, uh, I guess it's local-ish, <laughs> uh, fake college that uh, wants him to play basketball for him. Yeah, Illinois Occidental University. Um, Carl, not super, ex- like, doesn't show a lot of excitement for Laura, but, uh, is definitely excited for Eddie, like, shows the excitement that he's got, that his, uh, son is going to be a star basketball player, and, uh, he even wants to be his agent. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I thought there were going to be some other storylines in this episode that never, never occurred, and I thought one of those was going to be the fact that, that Eddie's Carl getting is all so the excited attention. for Eddie, and totally ignoring Laura, but that that never that didn't materialize. Yep. It's definitely what I thought they were setting up for. But uh, we go to another day. Uh, now we've got this recruiter from IOU. He's uh, in the living room talking to Carl and Harriet and Eddie. Uh, Harriet, of course, is skeptical. Um, she's worried that if Eddie goes to this school for basketball, he's not actually going to get an education. He's just going to go there to play basketball. And uh, Eddie, that's what Eddie wants. He doesn't care about school. He just wants to play basketball. And uh Ooh. Well, this recruiter is not helping. The recruiter knows nothing about the academics of the school at all. So no. every time Harry asks a question, he has no answer, doesn't know, he'll says he'll find out. I mean, care. I think he even says at one point, like, the teachers like basketball and they're just going to let him pass kind of thing. Well, right, 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 right. And and just, just to note, the guy that plays this recruiter, he's the voice of Stu on Rugrats. Oh, that's but, cool. I thought that was fun. Um, but... Eddie ends up giving his uh, verbal exception to the uh, school during this uh, conversation meeting, and uh, Harriet is not looking happy. He might as well just put on the hat. He's ready to go. Yep. Uh, Next scene, we see Carl going up to Laura's bedroom, who um, has been nonstop studying. She looks like a mess. Uh, He tells her she needs to get some rest, and she just wants to study. She's so worried about her PSATs. She's got to get the scholarship. She only wants to study at this point. She wants to go to the library, but Carl's like, no, you need to get some rest. Yeah, this is very much the family safer version of the Jesse Spano storyline from, from <laughs> Saved by the Bell. 
it's like the TGIF cleaned up version of that that storyline. Yeah. So uh, Carl then goes downstairs. Steve comes over through the window and uh, tells her that she looks like Freddy Krueger and needs to get some sleep. So Laura, of course, she can't do it, though. Nope. She's like, I can't. I got to go to the library. I've got to study. I don't care if my dad doesn't want me to go. And she goes out the window that Steve just came in while Steve stays behind to kind of, uh, I guess, cover for her while she's gone. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think that's his intention at first. Um, I think he, he just, he just doesn't want to go in. with her kind of thing. What? No, he doesn't, I don't think he wants to go with her. But I also think that that he had to get stuck in the he position. He didn't have time to make it out of there. Right, and then he realizes, like, oh, man, someone needs to be here to, you know, respond. Yeah, because seconds later, Carl comes to the door. Um, Steve has to talk in Laura's voice to pretend that he's her. Well, what he does, yeah, he, so he, like, answers through the door, but then he jumps into Laura's bed where he pretends to be Laura. In the, the bed, covers. under the covers, Carl comes in, and uh, he continues to talk in Laura's voice. Uh Carl is saying like how proud he is of her and stuff like that. Eventually, asks, and how worried too, how worried he is about her condition. Yeah, and eventually asks her for a good night kiss. Uh, we know that Steven under the covers. Carl <clears throat> leans over, and Steve's like, "No, close your eyes." And uh, in Laura's voice, kisses him, Carl, on the cheek. Good night. And all's all's good. Yeah. Um. Now we are what a little later, same night, I think. Yeah, I don't know, same night, then a couple of days, some some undetermined amount of time. Yeah, uh, Harriet has uh, Sam the Slam Massey over. In case you didn't know, he's a uh, pretty well-known basketball player over at. at I did he go to IOU? Did I have that right? Or no, I don't no. think he did. I think he went. I don't think he did. So she's got this basketball player over to uh, obviously come talk to uh, Carl and Eddie. So Carl's excited that he's over there. He's one of the best college ball players of all, well, at least during his time anywhere. And now Sam happens to work at the uh, same supermarket that Harriet shops at. Yeah, he's a he's a bagger. No, he's a checkout guy who just got promoted from being a bagger. Got a raise. He was a bagger. Now he's a checkout guy. Um, he, he was a great basketball player, but we find out that he got injured while he was playing. He never played basketball again. He never graduated college. And, uh, I mean, all these teachers and they were, well, someone was telling him that he needs to pick a major and work. Oh no, Sam tells, uh, that's right. Sam tells Eddie, you need to pick a major. You need to work hard at it. Think of basketball as the icing on the cake. And, uh, cause if you don't, and something like this happens, you get injured, you need something to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't have he didn't have a backup plan. So um, Sam and Eddie go uh, play basketball in the backyard, and Carl talks to Harriet inside, apologizes for uh, like I don't know, just acting too fast on this, not thinking about the other things. He got that, caught up in the excitement. Yeah, and that's yeah. Um, Laura comes back from the library at this point. She walks in the kitchen, and she's looking even worse than she was before she left. Yeah. She, uh, she does tell them that she snuck out to the library though. And, uh, that now she has forgotten everything that she'd studied. Like she's overstudied where now her mind has completely lost all information that she had. <laughs> she doesn't even know that she's sitting down once they get her to sit down. She thought, she's like, I thought it was sitting down. 
Yep, they tell her that she needs to balance her school and her fun, which, I mean, is the complete opposite of Eddie. Eddie's going there, which Harriet thinks is for fun and not enough school. Laura's doing too but much the same, school, the same, not fun. The same lesson. The same lesson. They both yeah. need to find that equilibrium. Same lesson. They're just, they just have it flip-flopped, and uh, they tell Laura, no matter what, though, they're going to be proud. They're going to be happy of her, uh, no matter yes. how she does in these PSATs. No matter what school she goes to, it doesn't matter. Uh, then Harriet talks to Carl about um, how different the kids are, but how proud of how proud they are of both of them. And then Carl thinks, "Wait a minute! If Laura <laughs> went to the library, who was that that I that gave me a good night kiss up in the bedroom?" And then he just yells out, "Steve!" And then that's the end of the episode. Well, it kind of when he was in the bedroom earlier. There's like at some point he says, "Oh, that, you sound a lot like Steve right now." And, and oh, he's know. he also said as he's walking out of the room, "I think you need some chapstick, Laura." <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah, that's the end of the episode. We do get a credit scene though. Um, it's uh, Steve sneaking out of the house because he was still in there while all this was going on. Um, he finds Laura sleeping in the kitchen. And wants to try to steal a kiss from her, which uh, would get you canceled nowadays. And yeah, that was a little, little, little inappropriate. And then uh, he gets real close to her. He's about to kiss her, and she's like awake, but with her eyes closed, and says, "Don't even think about it, Steve." And then Carl comes back <laughs> in, chases him out of the house. That's the end of Family Matters for this week. That's it. That's a quick episode. It went through quick. I mean, it was still the same amount of time that all the episodes were, I yeah. guess. But uh, it did feel a little... Like, I don't have as many notes as I normally would have for an episode. So Pretty basic storyline. Yep. Not a bad one. Just pretty basic. Uh, next up, we've got Step by Step Season 2, Episode 15. I just watched it 15 minutes ago. One of the guys is the name of the episode. And uh, it starts off, we've got uh, Karen getting home from... Uh, oh, Karen and uh, JT. They get home. They're complaining about their job. Apparently... They're still working at that diner, which I forgot all about at this point. This isn't the first time that they've brought it back up since the initial episode and just passing and just like they work there. So JT's complaining. He can't save any money. He doesn't make enough money at this job. He wants to get a car. He's only got 200 bucks. Cody tells him that he can get a car from Mexico. Might not work, but uh, that's not going to work out, I don't think. And then Mark comes in. (laughs) No. Uh, Mark is bragging because he just finished his investment project at school and he was able to turn uh, a fake, what, $500 into, or $1,000 into $5,000, is that what it was? Correct. In two weeks. Two weeks. Pretty impressive. Um, I don't that's have very any impressive. stocks or anything. I know you do. Um, that's that's pretty hard to do, I'm assuming. That's virtually impossible to do. Okay. Yeah. So five, A five-time return in two weeks is like, is almost a, a lottery hit kind of situation. So the rest of the family kids are in there. They're listening about uh, listening to Mark talk about this uh, project, and they're like, "Why don't we do this with real money, Mark? Could you do it if we gave you real money?" And uh, now they all think that Mark's going to make them rich. Yes. And another key part of this is they need an adult to actually mm-hmm. do the financial transactions because they can't legally do it. So uh, they kind of all turn to Cody and 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 imply that he's going to be the adult that helps them with this this plot yep so after the theme song we come back to uh carol and dana prepping dinner for the night uh brendan comes in he's got his boy scouts gear on they're called the chipmunks uh in this show right and uh 
Frank gets some. Oh, well, Brendan's selling candy, too. And it's like these little tiny candies for $10. Like, it's the size <laughs> of, like, I don't know, if you were to open, like, a bag of individually wrapped chocolates or something. Like, one individually yeah, wrapped and- chipmunk is $10. I wonder if that was his price or if that was the actual, like, chipmunk price. But oh, it's like way, name your own price worth. type of thing? Um, yeah, kind of like in, uh, remember remember just the 10 of us, the episode where they, uh-huh. where they sell the candy? Yep. Um, he yeah. does convince Carol into buying one for 10 bucks after um, saying that w- he could be like selling drugs on the street or something. I forget what he says. But, right. Uh, she's like, all right, go get my purse. So Frank comes home at this point, too. Um, we find out that the union wants Frank to hire a woman. And uh, Frank does not think a woman can do a construction job as well as a man. He blames women's boobs for the problem. <laughs> does. And then uh, Carol and Dana are just sitting back. um getting real pissed off at Frank and they feel like a woman can do just as well as a man in the construction. They convince him by saying very little. Their their looks really carry most of their, their argument. Yeah. He's just like, fine, I'll go call the union. I'm hiring a woman. That's about <laughs> I'm it. I'm hiring a woman. So the next scene is uh, on the job site. Uh, Karen shows up with some b- blueprints that uh, Frank needed her to bring him. And uh, asks how the new woman's working out. And Frank's like, oh, she's great. She's funny, this kind of thing. She does a great job. You you were right. You should have hired a woman a long time ago. In walks Aggie. Uh, Aggie's real hot. She's got her boobs hanging out everywhere. And uh, Frank is kind of acting like it's not a big deal. Like, she's, he's All not right. looking at her. He's not really, like, mentioning, like, her looks or anything. But Carol kind of... You can tell she feels threatened almost immediately. Are you just going to skip over who who Aggie is? Oh, I don't who even know Ag- who she is. Who is she? Yes, you do. Yes, you. This is you not paying attention at all to, to watching this episode. I mean, I looked at her her like 80s, 90s hair, and I was like, I don't know who this is. Who is it? You, you didn't recognize Melanie Wilson from, from Perfect Strangers? Jennifer? Oh, is it? I did not even realize that was her. It was her. It's, no. That was, that was Melanie. Clearly was Melanie Wilson from Perfect Strangers. Uh, uh, this episode also was directed by Mark Lynn Baker. So, oh, wow. So it's got the perfect stranger. I honestly but... did, did not realize that the entire episode that it was her. That's fine. Even listening to her voice. Like, uh, like I'm they did a good it's... job with like, I mean, she looks completely different than she does in perfect strangers. She, that is not true. But, um, yeah, Melanie Wilson, Aggie is, is, is Melanie. And again, directed by Mark Lynn Baker. Um, so, yeah, Frank's just kind of like uh, working like she's just one of the guys. Um, like I said, you can tell yeah, that uh, Karen, I mean, uh, Carol's not really okay with it. And uh, the guys, uh, I think she's like Aggie says, oh, I got to go upstairs and work on something. And she like bends over to like pick up a saw and take it upstairs. And that's when all of the guys at this uh, job site <laughs> just stare at her silent, jaws dropped and... Uh, yeah, but Frank stop. Frank Frank corrects the situation very quickly. But says, Frank also stop. is one of the ones that stops and stares, though. Does he? I don't. I don't yeah. know. I didn't catch that part. I thought that does. he was a lot more, a lot more uh, aware of what was going on. But um, so yeah, we've got that problem going on. Next scene, we're back at the house. Um, the kids are crowded around the TV because they want to hear the latest stock news. Because I guess that's the only way they can find out if their stocks go up and down in '93. Is what the news okay. says at the end of the day. The internet wasn't as prolific back then. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, because it's like, what, look at the newspaper or watch the TV? Newspaper, uh, yeah, yeah, newspaper was pretty common, yeah. I don't know if uh, there were radio shows talking about stocks back then or anything like that, but... 
I'm sure there were. I don't know what it's. I doubt it's still in the newspaper today because you absolutely don't need it to be. Maybe just the Wall Street Journal, but the Wall, the newspaper used to have like all of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Every morning. Yeah. Um. So the the important thing is though we find out that uh, Mark has been able to turn five hundred dollars into eighteen hundred dollars in what two days or something. Uh, within a week. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty impressive. Um. The rest of the kids want him to make more money, though. That's not enough. And he's like, you know what? I've got my eye on coffee, but it's going to cost $2,000 to invest it. We only have 1800 bucks. I only need $200 more, and we can do this, and I feel real good. I'm going to make you guys some more money. In walks Brendan. Well, J- JT does like do a little prayer. He's like, if you could just give me $200. Yeah, and as in comes, and walks I think like as he's praying, Brendan walks in, sold all yeah. of his candy. He's got at least two hundred bucks in there. He says, and we know what's going to happen after this. Yes, yes. So uh, next scene, we're in the kitchen. Cody gets home. Uh, Frank isn't there. Uh, we find out that he stayed in Green Bay with Aggie at a hotel job because they've got some work to finish up. And there's also a blizzard that is bearing down on yeah yeah that's why that's one of the reasons they stayed the roads were bad there's a lot of snow out there um so they're just staying there to be safe so frank calls at this point says that uh well maybe this is when we kind of find out more that they're like actually stuck there and that he's just giving carol the heads up on like hey the roads are bad can't come home that kind of thing yeah uh dana of course during this whole conversation he just thinks that uh frank's cheating on carol and uh hooking up with aggie back in green bay and Carol's like, you know what? There's no room for jealousy in a good marriage. Um, Dana, go tell the rest of the kids that uh, dinner's ready. She goes in the living room. Carol's like, Cody, I'm going to Green Bay. <laughs> Get my jacket. I'm out of here. So, yeah, she's obviously threatened and worried about this whole situation. That's where the next scene is. We're at the Green Bay uh, Hotel. We see Frank and Aggie. Uh, they're at the like hotel restaurant bar. Um Aggie asks Frank to dance after she hears uh, some song come on. Uh, Let's go. She gets him up, uh, starts complimenting on his uh, strong body, and uh, Frank really likes it, you can tell, and the two of them start dancing. It's like not a slow dance, like a fast dance kind of. It's like disco. I mean, it's it's essentially is disco. So So they start dancing. Uh, Next scene, we're back at the house. Uh, The kids are watching the news once again. We find out coffee is at an all-time low. So that's bad Yeah, there was some like dictatorship got overthrown or something or another that has has put coffee prices into a spiral what this means is mark has lost all of the money all two thousand dollars including the two hundred dollars of brendan's candy money that uh he borrowed they all get mad they say we're gonna tie you down and and pink belly you so karen uh karen's the the only one that does it everyone else is holding him down karen's just (laughs) smacking mark on the stomach (laughs) I wish we would have uh, been able to ask her about that before. I, so I bet you she was like, oh, yeah, I just went for it. Um, it looked it looked like everybody was really uncomfortable with the idea of actually doing it. And she was like, move it. Someone's got to. Yeah. Um, I mean, she probably spends more time with him. I don't know. I mean, you would think they probably spent a lot of time. On set. I, don't, I don't think anyone was uncomfortable. I think they were fine. But uh, anyways, yeah. uh, I don't know. Let's see. They're they're smacking his belly. Cody comes in and says, "Let him go." He saves the day. Uh, Cody and Cody. We find out after they're after he, the rest of the kids reveal that Mark lost all their money, and he's like, "No, you didn't. I never actually invested it, anyways." <laughs> I can see that look in your eyes, that Michael Douglas look in your eyes of Wall Street. And uh, I knew that it was a good idea to not invest it, and I've uh, hidden the money in a real safe place, and I've written the pl- I've written the place on my hand, which uh, 
we reveal he didn't. he's oh he didn't even do it at all he, i thought i mean like, if he did it's gone or something like yeah that. like he can't it's no longer on his hand he, he cannot remember where he's hidden the money yep so now not only did they not uh make any money from the investment they never invested it and cody has lost all of the money so uh, next scene, we're back at the hotel bar. Frank and Aggie still dancing. Uh, Frank is like super into it now. Like he's like showing off all yeah. of his moves and uh, don't know what that says. Even after the, oh, the music ends and he's still he dancing. He keeps on dancing yeah, after yeah. the music ends. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Aggie tells him that uh, her and her boyfriend broke up a couple weeks ago and she starts telling Frank about this guy that she really likes at work. He's an older man. He's in great shape, which she mentioned uh, before to Frank about him being in great right, shape. Um, it seems like she's describing Frank, and he tells her, well, there's no chance. I'm married. This wedding ring means a lot. I'm committed. I love my wife. Uh, but then you can kind of tell that Aggie was not talking about Frank, that she's actually talking about another guy at work, and then she tells him that it's not him. And Frank's surprised. Um, it's a real awkward, like, situation going well, on. Well, she here. even goes so far to be like, Frank, you know, you're not only are you married, but I'm just, I'm just not attracted to you. Yeah. And then she kind of says, like, you're too, you're too old, and, and you know, like, she kind of gives him a bunch of, a bunch of put downs, which yeah. is funny. She's like, all right, I'm going to bed. It's got to be late. Uh, eight thirty. Yeah, I need to go back to my room. So she goes back up to the room. <laughs> Carol shows up at this point with her winter jacket on with snow covered all over her front. She looks furious and uh, he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, uh, I forgot we needed more ketchup. So I drove out here. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aggie's not there. Frank's obviously not doing anything. Um, he tells her that she's got nothing to worry about, um, that she's the one, she's the only one that he'll ever love kind of thing, blah, 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 into the episode. Well, but also here, Carol says basically all the opposite things that, that Aggie just told Frank. So oh, yeah, all the yeah. kind of put downs or not, I don't know if put downs right word, but all the reasons why Matt, Aggie is not interested in Frank, Carol gives him all the exact opposite reasons on why she loves him. And then, and so he's in a really good mood and everything's kind of resolved there. Yeah. He's like, I really needed to hear that. So, yeah. uh, next scene. Uh, Oh no, we do good credit scene. Um, kids are in the kitchen. Um, they're still like upset about the whole money thing. Cody comes in and he still can't remember where he hid the money, but then he's like, wait a minute. Let me think. I wrote down this whole chain too. I'm sure you probably did. Okay. Good, he's good, like, good. He's like, what were you guys talking about? Oh, yeah, wheat, wheat checks, checkers, king me, kingfish, fish, fish, swim, pool, pool hall, billiards, eight ball corner pocket, pocket, and then he reaches in his pocket. I do have the money. It was in his pocket, and then everyone cares. <laughs> the whole time. I, I like that credit. That was pretty good. That is good. That was good. It was good. So that's uh, Step by Step for the week. We just have one more. It's Camp Wilder, Season 1, Episode 14. Uh, Bring Up Brody. That's the name of the episode, I believe, right? Yes. So uh, it starts off. We've got uh, Brody and Dorfman in the kitchen. Uh, Brody is helping Dorfman study for his driver's test. He's trying to get his license. And, of course, Brody wants him to get his license, so he's got someone with a car that's going to drive him places. But uh, it's not going very well. Uh, it's going 
doing okay. It's not awful. It's just they're they're going over hand signals, which are so archaic, anyways. Like no one knows them or has, ever, has used them in decades, and and kind of just Dorfman's getting them right, but then it devolves into this like football joke where it's like offsides, touchdown, you know. <laughs> so when did I take my driver's license test? It would have been what ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, and they were still doing hand signals then too. I guess do they still? Do I feel them like now? we were. I feel like we learned them, but I mean, no one's used them. But I mean, on the written, they're on the written test. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I yeah. can't imagine they're still doing them now. But because no one, was it your, was it your wife's mom that almost was using hand signals and got into an accident, or was that? Yeah, just yeah, no, I think that is that story, accident. and like broke her arm off because she had her hand out the window when she got in. Almost lost. I think the story I've heard is she like came very close, very very close to losing her yeah. arm no, no, doing no. that. Yeah, they had to like reattach everything. Like, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we get the theme song. We come back to uh, Brody uh, tutoring some girl. Um, this is the first we've seen her, right? Yeah, and they—it's they, kind of weird because they don't—they they don't give us her name until like it's, it's like another five or ten minutes before we find out her name. And it's only because um, Ricky randomly mentions it. Well, yeah. Her name is Gina. We don't know that for a while just because, like I said, they don't tell us for some reason. That's what I thought. Like I, I didn't write her name down, so like way down here on the sheet. So. Yeah, it was weird. He's tutoring some girl named Gina, and the two of them are kind of flirting with each other, and uh, he ends up eventually asking her out, and at this point, too, she reveals she has a child, and that's kind of like the setup for this episode. Yes. So the next scene, we're back at the the house, um, and Gina has brought her baby over. It's like, I don't know, like a few months old or something, it seems like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's. A, I don't remember. I watched this a week ago, so everyone's excited about. I mean, it is. It's like a, it's like a little baby. It's a you know less than a year probably. Yeah, everyone's excited about the baby. We've got uh, what Danielle and Beth are over there. Maybe they're all there. Everyone's there. Everyone's there. Uh, Ricky gets home while everyone's like surrounding the baby, and because she forgot to renew her license, she also has to take the driver's license test now. And Dorfman offers her to help studying. Yes, very nice of him. I just, you know, not? I, that reminds me, I think yesterday I just got my driver's license renewal thing in the mail. I uh-huh. probably should do that so I don't have Dude, to take Dude, I will tell you right now, do it as soon as possible because if that thing expires, it is such a pain to to renew it. I after feel like I just got a such new a one like a year ago. How often do you have to do it? I thought it was like every five. I don't know. You, you, maybe you upgrade it to like the the clear, the real ID or whatever, mm-hmm. but they didn't extend your expiration. So now you have to renew yeah based on that maybe i don't know but i'm telling you like the the work you have to do to renew it after it expires is is far can i do it online or do i have to do it on paper i think so if i remember correctly i just went online clicked a couple buttons was done but all right just get it done get it done steve get it done all right um so then we have uh ricky going into the living room um Real quick, real quick, though. Isn't this a storyline that we had in Step by Step, like season one or something, where one of the kids, maybe Dana or Karen, was trying to get their license? Oh, that storyline. Not the baby storyline. And Not the baby storyline. And, and um, I'm going to say it was Frank. Oh, yeah. Well, Frank's license had expired or something. There were, this, this that was sounds like right. A, yeah. Something like that. So they both had to do the same thing, and it, it was... Pretty sure it's the exact same story. Because right? Dana's like driving around Frank at the end of the episode or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Um, so Ricky goes into the living room. She's surprised to see that a baby's in there and then uh kind of talks about her having a baby at the same age. And 
she talks about, uh, Gina talks about really liking Brody and, uh, Ricky's kind of uneasy about Brody dating a girl with a baby. Right. Well, yeah. And because this is where Ricky finds out for the first time that that's the situation. Yeah. And she just, she doesn't think it's a good idea. She knows how she was when she was that age. She doesn't want Brody getting tied into that. So. Yeah, she's trying to persuade. Well, we could tell she's going to be trying to persuade uh, Brody to not do this in the rest of this episode. Right, right. Yeah, and at this point, like all the friends leave to go to a basketball game, and this is the first kind of you know example we get of Brody not being able to be part of the group because he is he's staying behind with with the baby. Yeah, and then the next scene's like the next day at school. Uh, Beth and Danielle. Well, there's a couple things that happen here. So you got so Ricky and Gina have a conversation about her being a, being a mom, and that's when Gina says, "Yeah, me and Brody are going out." And and then kind of Ricky talks more to Brody about it, and and that's when Gina comes back downstairs with a Mickey Mantle card that has already <laughs> been chewed up by by the baby. You mean Icky Mantle? Icky, who's Icky Mantle? It's an M bitten off of Mickey. Yeah. That was the joke in the 10, episode. I didn't make it. Yeah. $10,000 card. No, it was good. It was, it was the joke. It was um, the joke. So the next scene is at school. Um, Dorfman, Beth, and Danielle are all talking about the basketball game they went to that night before that uh, Brody was unable to go to. They did get him a ticket, though, for the finals on Saturday, and we find out that he can't go to that either because uh, he's going out with, uh, I, I wrote girl, because we still didn't know her name at this point, and uh, so Gina and the baby on Saturday to see uh, yeah. see the, what, children's something. Oh, no, it's to see the chickens, I think they said. They're going to, yeah, going to some pharmacy chicken. Yeah, so, um, and we find out Brody's spending a lot of time with Gina at this point. Yeah, so. Exactly. Uh, the gang's starting to get, you know, say, starting the whole, we never see you anymore. So they're kind of like, you need to like, you should back out of it. Like you shouldn't do it kind of thing. And then Gina comes over and Brody tries to get out of Saturday, but he's unable to even say it. Like he, he likes her. You can tell. Well, she, as well, as soon as he starts to say, Hey, we need to, I need to talk to you about that. She starts. To give oh no, I know what this like, is. This always happens when they every find guy out I've does. got a baby I, kind of thing. I gotta say, this was like the most frustrating thing about this episode is that she is like, I understand that she's in a really hard position as a teenager with a kid. And it's difficult to find, you know, it's difficult to be in a relationship, but she is, she gives no, no under, she's not understanding at all. Like she is just like, this is, this is what I need, period. And you've got to be like a hundred percent into being there all the time. Here's a problem. Here's a problem that I have that I just realized. She, um, she's like, what? She's got a five month old baby. Let's say how many dudes has she dated in the last five months for her to say every single guy that I ever go out with has a problem that I uh, have a child. That's fair. I mean, she can date as many guys as she wants, but you're, but to your point, like it's kind of maybe difficult to find that many guys to date in that short of a period that are going to also have these like conversations about not wanting to be a part of your kid's life. I just, I don't know. She just seems to have no understanding of the situation from anyone else's perspective you know what i mean it's like this is it this is like the way that it's supposed to be or not get out of there brody listen to ricky run that's what i said it frustrated me like she's just not understanding all right so the next scene we have uh brody at gina's house i think this is where i oh no we learned her name uh literally we learned her name a little bit earlier only because ricky calls her gina at some point so Brody's at Gina's house. Um, he tries talking to her mom, but her mom's kind of like not very talkative, just kind of sits there 
it's kind of awkward. Well, her mom is her mom is in the, very much the same kind of position. Like she's another part of this whole piece of the puzzle where she's like, I don't like, I don't want to get, I don't care who you are. I don't want to get to know you. You're just going to be gone soon anyways. And you're like every other dude. So yeah, Brody's I'm like, you know, I'm not like all these other guys. I really like Gina. Um, and he says about a bunch of other stuff that makes Gina's mom realize that, all right, maybe this guy is different. And then she goes into the fridge, gives uh, Brody a pie goes off somewhere and then Gina comes in, hugs Brody, you got a pie and like knows that her mom actually likes him, I guess. Right, exactly. I don't know. Um so then we've got uh Dorfman and Ricky, they're studying, they're talking. Um I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Brody gets home. Ricky tells really. Brody that uh once again it's a bad idea. Don't date this Gina girl. And Brody tells Ricky, um, this is different than your life was. So, uh, yeah, now we've got that going on. Yeah, and Ricky Ricky sees the pie and is like, okay, it's serious. Yeah. So um, another scene with Brody at Gina's house. Um, he's there to take her out on a date. Her mom was going to watch the baby, but her mom is exhausted from work, so she can't watch the baby. And they're not really going to get to go out on their date. I, I for sure thought her mom was going to be drunk, passed out on the couch, and that was going to be just to like add more fuel to the yeah. to the like troubled child um, fire. But no, her mom is just a good, hardworking lady that that had to take a nap. Probably just, works at the same hospital as uh, she probably got uh, the the job. That she works at Rick... a bake. She works at a bakery. Oh. She must. She must work at a bakery at the hospital. Yeah, she, that's that's what it is. So uh, Brody calls Dorfman to talk. He's like. Uh, yeah, I'm stuck here. No, nah, I can't get out of here. I can't just go without me kind of thing. Gina overhears the conversation. Well, no, no, no. They, he calls Dorfman to say, hey, what's, what are you doing? And Dorfman's like, we're at the pier. There's a a, 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 a Miata is stuck under a circus truck at the pier. You got to come check that out. I mean, we're assuming, like, we know that these are things that are happening. Brody's like, oh, I can't, man. I can't. And, and you know. He says, he sa- I think the important thing is that he says, I'm stuck here. And that's what Gina hears. And she's like, right. oh, you feel like I'm like a burden on you now that I'm I'm the reason why you can't do anything. And she's like, I know that you don't want to be here. And he says, he does want to be there. And she, he's like, I I know that dating uh, a woman with a baby has its sacrifices. And then that's another key word. So he's now said like sacrifice. And he said stuck here. And she's like all mad at this point. And he uh, he tells her that uh, he's, I don't know what I wrote here. He tells her how. But he's just not ready for it. He's not ready for it. Yeah, that's what it says. Guesses, I guess I'm not ready for this. And uh, he starts. Because she's so unreasonable. Like it does require sacrifice. Like that is a true, accurate statement. And like being a parent is requires sacrifice being a person in a relationship with a parent requires sacrifice like that's not an unreasonable thing to have a conversation i don't know about. if the word sacrifice is anyone is the right word though honestly uh well i don't know i don't think it's a i feel like I it's, it's an inappropriate it's a, word it's a different way of life but i don't think you're sacrificing something for a child you're giving up stuff to do when you are a parent or when you're when you're dating a parent i i don't know i, I don't think that's a bad thing i think that's just the reality of what what being a parent is yeah i just think the wording is is the problem here but anyways um she's like well you gotta like i don't there's like an awkward goodbye kind of thing we've i i have a feeling that we'll never see gina again after this probably not um then we go to uh brody and ricky talking she says uh well 
oh brody's like yeah we kind of broke up kind of walked out of there he uh, i wanted to be a good guy and she tells him well maybe you can't always be a good guy sometimes you just have to be a guy kind of an awkward statement too that's that's the lesson then dorfman comes over (laughs) he's got his license um and he takes ricky to work because she failed her test she failed the test and then did you stay till the end um let's see oh yeah it was real weird wasn't it i wrote it was kind of kind of weird yeah they start showing like driver education videos during the credits yeah like the old-timey ones that you probably would have watched like in driver's education like yeah that's it yeah it's fun uh that's it for tgif this week uh we got to rank these episodes you want to go first yeah sure i will do uh camp wilder at three mm, i think i'm gonna do family matters at two and step by step at one one and two i could probably go either way I, honestly camp wilder had a lot of the right notes i just didn't like that i don't like the gina character i just didn't care for how they wrote her at all Yep, I'm in the exact same order as you this week. Um, Family Matters, just a little, like we said, it was not a whole lot to it. It was kind of short, even though it wasn't short. It felt short. And uh, 3, 2, 1, Wilder, Family Matters, Step by Step. Uh, Step by Step and Family Matters were good, solid episodes. Nothing special, nothing crazy. They were, you know, they were perfectly good episodes. and And that's, you know, that's how it is sometimes. What do we have coming up next week on the show, Travis? We do have another short week next week. So we've got only two episodes, uh, Step by Step, Camp Wilder, both in rerun. So Family Matters, Season 4, Episode 14. The name of the episode, in case you're following, it's weird on... Some things get weird, so just in case. It is A Thought in the Dark. Okay. we got a big first appearance in this episode. So, oh. Uh, so definitely going to give us something to talk about. And then, uh, like I said, Step by Step reruns, Dinosaur Season 3, Episode 13. So those two episodes for next week's show. Got it. I'll try to watch, watch the right ones. Uh, you said a thought in the dark, right? Not a thought in a the thought, dark. A thought. A thought. I don't know what word you just said, but a thought in the dark. T H O T. That hoe over there. Thought. No. No. Not that. Not a thought. A thought. Um. Uh, follow us on all social media at TGIFcast. Thank you once again to Colden Martin for the theme song this week. Thank you, sir. Always you appreciate it. Send in your own TGIFcast at gmail.com. Keep an eye on all the socials because we'll be talking about where you can see us live this uh, con season, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, GalaxyCon keeps adding; they're still adding people. They just added John Cleese, which I think is a pretty big, hmm. yeah, big get. But yeah, should be a good one. All right, anything else, Steve? No, that's it. Have a good week, sir. You got it, dude. Podcast.